go back uh, 100 years, there were probably 60, 70, 80, 100 lock manufacturers in America. Go back uh, 35, 40 years, there were probably 30 other lock manufacturers making similar things. Go back five years, it's all changed. In the last five to 10 to 15 years, now there's only a handful of lock manufacturers in America. Handful would be plus five. This is Swarfcast. I'm Noah Graff. Today's show is part one of a new season in which we're talking about companies that produce their own products. Our guest is Howard Smith, owner and CEO of Wilson Bohannon, a 160-year-old padlock manufacturer. Looking for a screw machine, rotary transfer machine, or CNC machine? Graf Pinkert's got you covered. When you're buying any used machine, you're taking a risk. So it's important to buy from someone who knows their stuff and who is going to give you straight information about what you're buying. Graf Pinkert is a family-owned firm that's been dedicated to selling great machine tools to the turn parts industry for 75 years. It specializes in the top multi-spindle brands, including Index, Schutte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. They also sell a variety of other types of used equipment, such as CNC Swiss, CNC turning centers, and parts washers. Machine tools are complicated. If you're going to buy one, you should go to people who are knowledgeable and committed to the industry. Learn more at www.graffpinkert.com. That's www.graffpinkert.com. I am honored to be with Howard Smith, owner and CEO of Wilson Bohannon in Marion, Ohio. Wilson Bohannon is one of the most significant padlock companies in the world, probably the oldest one in the United States, 155 years old. As this new season starts that is talking about products in machining and companies with products, I thought that this would be a great place to start. That Wilson Bohannon has had their own product for literally 155 years. Normally when you think of a normally when you think of a product with a company you're thinking of something pretty new, something that they're, you know, getting off the ground telling the world about. So this is interesting because we're going to talk about how you sustain a product. How can you remain relevant for so long? So, Howard, uh, the first thing, I just want to learn a little bit about Wilson Bohannon. I'm sure we're going to, it'll, it'll be fleshed out a little bit more as the podcast goes on. And then I want like the, you know, five minute story of your life. So, first of all, give me the quick scoop on what Wilson Bohannon makes. And um, then we'll break into a bit of the history of the company. Okay, we're a brass key padlock. Okay. That is, the components are brass or stainless steel with brass, steel, or stainless steel shackles. Okay, so are you saying that all of these locks are opened by a key or are some of the locks like combination or? We make key padlocks. Key padlocks. So only. What a key, what a key, a key. It opens, you know, a bitted key. Only locks that take keys, not anything else. 
But we also make locking devices for people beyond just making padlocks. But in the padlock arena, the Wilson Handle Lock Company makes keyed padlocks. Okay. And is this still like the main product, the bread and butter that makes, you know, most of the money for the company? For sure. We started out making padlocks for the railroads in 1860, 160 years ago. Padlocks for the railroads. The railroads, lock for switching devices for, for, for rail cars and things like that. Mm-hmm. And in the turn of the century, the railroads consolidated and there were less railroads. And so we turned our focus on utilities and heavy industry. So today we make product for most of the utilities in America, all the electric co-ops, uh, the pipelines, the transportation industry for government, for the military, um, anywhere where you have a product that needs, it has a variety of weather conditions, whether it's freezing cold or desert storms, water, you know, or whatever, you know, a zoo that has a harsh environment with animals and things like that. We make products because we're all brass and stainless steel. Okay. So you're fleshing it out for me. I just was expecting originally I, I, w- I was thinking of, you know, like something you put on your foot locker or your just something small, a bicycle locker. Right. We make, we make a lock that's anywhere from an inch and a quarter wide uh, to over two inches wide. That would be anywhere from a seven, eight half with the clearance on the top of the lock body to the shackle height mm-hmm. or upwards of eight inches. So we also make a cable lock. It goes anywhere from, a, you know, a couple inches to maybe many feet to wrap around something to secure something to whatever you're trying to secure something, something fixed. How, how hard are these locks to, uh, to break or, you know, you take a, take a cutter and just, just get through it. Well, it depends on what you, what you want. You can be, you know, there's different levels, you know, no, there's different levels of security. You want to, you know, something that's a glorified seal, you know, or you want something that's very sophisticated, has a computer chip and the key in the lock, which we sell. Okay. So it depends on what you want to spend and what your needs are. Is your requirement to be on a utility situation where you're telling someone not to, to bother this, to leave it alone because it's secure with a padlock Uh, or are you telling someone that you can't get in we have a shroud at padlock that you can't cut through okay and a shackle that you hardly can cut through and a steel chain that's square that you can't cut through what if somebody i mean you see in the movies somebody comes with like a gun and then they just like shoot the lock or whatever is is that bs can you do that or on something sure What, what you're doing that was one of the most great advertising with master they actually basically shot, you know, a gun to a padlock. And what you're basically doing is collapsing the mechanism, the, the, the casing around the key barrel. And you can't get into it, but you can't open it either. Okay. Interesting. So we, we faced that with a customer years ago. They took a Magnum rifle to one of our padlocks and did the same thing. And we won that business because of that. Cool. Cool. So this depends on what you're willing to spend. You know, no, if you want to spend $5 or do you want to spend... 50 or do you want to spend 150? Okay. And you, you have locks of all those. We do. We do. Okay. We have, we have a product that has a computer chip and the key and the lock and they talk to each other. You can change it via a cell phone anywhere in the world, the combination, and they can talk back to a base. I see. So it's a combination of like mechanical and electronic parts and this day and age, it's not just going to be mechanical. So, okay. Wilson Bohannon, 155 years ago. It's 160, please. It's 160 because it's 1860. 
1860. That is true. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how I got 155. I'll have to redo the intro or something. Um, I don't worry about it. You're fine. We talk about it again. So when Wilson Bohannon started the company, he came up with a bunch of patents, correct? 20 patents. About 20 patents. Uh-huh. And this was the time when it was sort of the golden age of patents. It was, it was between the 1870s and the 1930s. That was the called the gilded age of America with the manufacturing, with no restraints, no taxes, no, you know, government regulations. It was pretty much entrepreneurial spirit, you know, on steroids. I see. So it was a great time to start a company with a product. It was. So then they started building the company and this, this was, Seven generations ago, you, you're. I'm the sixth generation managing, and my two daughters are the seventh generation of ownership in in working the company. Okay, and how did you get involved in the company? Wilson Bohannon is not your great great grandfather. It's it's my wife's great great grandfather. Okay, Wilson Bohannon, born 1829 in Montpelier, Vermont. You know, starts out in Baltimore, Maryland, with another person, and then eventually moves to New York in 1860 with his son Todd. And a shed behind their house starts the Wilson Hand Lock Company, building locks. I, I married my, my wife uh, in, 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 the, in the early 70s and uh, started working in the company in the early 70s also. And that's where I've been for 47 years. Very interesting. So over all this time, over 160 years, locks, I mean, on the, on the face of it, you feel like a lock is sort of a commodity product. There's a lot of competitors or there are some competitors. I know it's not a commodity product, but on the face of it, it is. And I want to know how the product stays relevant. So over time, how has the lock changed and how has it stayed relevant? Do you, you have some locks on you right now? I do. I do. Okay. Are these like the most modern ones you have or what, what are they? This would be a picture of what I said, that was our main product. Wow. 1860s to the, the turn of the century. That was the first product right there. And that was a rare lock and all of our locks were cast. Okay. Cast. Cast. Meaning when you pour them, pour them into a mold, you put the component parts inside the lock and then you pull the, you polish off the top plate. Okay. So okay. that was, that we made that from 1860 to probably about the 1930s, 19, late, late 1920s. We came to Marion. We came to Marion because there was a Malibu casting company and there was a, there was a railroad. Marion was, a, was a, had a double diamond, so there was a major railroad hub. And my wife's grandfather, Mr. Wilson, my hand and Tway, came through Marion on a troop train. Remember the friendliness of the people in Marion. Mm-hmm. So those are the reasons we moved to Marion, but we started out now today, we, we extrude our locks. And so the day our locks are all made out of extrusion. So something like, like that is an extrusion. Okay. That's, that's an extrusion. Hold, hold it up. Hold it up a little better. That's an extrusion. Okay. So you can see and what material, what material is it? It's all brass and brass is about 60% copper, about 40% zinc and about 1% lead. Okay. So okay. brass key padlock. We also make locks like this. It's a cable lock. 
for you. Okay. Yeah, we, we get all different kinds of links of cables could wrap around for people that, you know, secure things on a trailer or something like that. Right. It reminds me of a, or like a bicycle lock. Or... Right. Right. And then we also have a shrouded padlock. What does that mean? A shrouded padlock? A shrouded rock means there's a, there's a housing around that padlock. Okay. So you unlock the key. Uh-huh. The lock stays inside of this, okay, the lock body. And like say, it's inside the lock body. This shroud protects the integrity of the padlock. You can't penetrate the padlock, okay, with this shroud. It's called a shrouded padlock. W- w- would that one be something that you could shoot the shotgun at? or You could shoot a shotgun. It wouldn't have much effect on it. it would, the thing it would do it, but it would, it would collapse the mechanism so you couldn't penetrate, you couldn't get into it. But it obviously would be non-functional after you shot it with a bullet or something. But you wouldn't penetrate this. We also use a, a square chain around this also. It makes it even more secure. Wow. That's our strata padlock. So cable locks, strata locks. We also make interchangeable core padlocks where the, where, the, where the mechanism comes up. You have one of those handy, Randy? So we also have an icy core padlock that we're going to show you. This is an icy core. Do you have a padlock? You know, think that. This is it. So what you do is you take, this is a padlock, okay? Uh-huh. And it has a plug, a plug that you can rekey. So you can take this plug and you can put it in a door mechanism, you can put it in a trailer mechanism, and then you can have the you know key integrity by by rekeying this and putting this, this this back inside the padlock, and you can pull it out. If you lose a key or something, you rekey it. So you protect the integrity of that lock versus you know having to compromise if someone steals your keys and you you've lost the integrity of it. And we also put blind codes on key on the padlocks also. So if someone has a blind code on the top of the lock, we can then they can say, well, this is such and such. Our records will indicate that we can rekey that to that keep it more locks with that the same combination. Okay. Very interesting. I mean, so you say they have like computer chips and stuff in it, but all this time it stayed relevant, keeping it mechanical. Mechanical is the basic heart of our padlock. Okay, the heart of, of our product, mechanical. But you you add innovations like Bluetooth, so you can you can you know you can, Bluetooth can talk to the padlock. You know, our our computer chip can talk to the padlock. So you up you up the quality, the integrity of the product, but it's still relevant to be mechanical. But in the end, are all these locks? They still have a key that goes in them. Versus like just a computer code that will crack it. Right. Like we, we, we sell a product called an interlock and they want to make sure that there's major amounts of power is used somewhere because they want to make sure that when that power goes out, that padlock always works. So it's mechanical. Interesting. So there's always a use for something mechanical. When you have a motel room or a hotel room and you have a, you know, this little your car and you swipe it, or you bring it up to the, but the door mechanism that opens or closes that door is mechanical. True. It's very interesting. And a lot of these things can be compromised. You no, know, they can be compromised. You can, because a lot of them deal with magnets. You can compromise the magnet. You can also compromise, and people can hack into, you know, the digital things. And they can be compromised. You can know, so those, those are, those are flaws in those things where mechanical, a key is a key and opens it up. And unlocks what you're trying to, you know, secure. Very interesting. Yeah. In a way, the, the analog, the physical, has a durability that just some computer code doesn't have. So when you're developing these locks, you have a significant R&D department in the company, correct? We do. Yes, sir. How often do you develop a new product or even a new variation on a product? 
continuously. It's continuous product improvement all the time. We're always looking for new ways to, to enhance our product uh, in all the things we do. So we have more relevance to our customers. I mean, we start with a basic padlock. We add the cable lock, which that's another, we add a shroud so it goes a heavy housing around the padlock. We add a computer chip. What does our customer want? So always, we go to trade shows. We go to maybe 10 to 14 a year. Mm-hmm. And we'll go and we'll see what, what is our competition building? What does our customer want? The customers come to us because they know most of my hand company will build something for them. Whether it's a, um, an irrigation system out west where they want to close the irrigation system. So we developed a padlock that once they close it, it shuts the irrigation. It comes down on whatever it's you know, controlling and it shuts it off just because they close it. Or we go to when we, when we first got unleaded gasoline. Uh-huh. And so the, a lot of the, you know, like standard oil and people like that came to us and said, we built this cap. It has to be in the ground and you cannot mix lead and unleaded gas together. So it right. was designed a shackle that had a loop in it. So that when you went down about three feet into the ground, you took the cover off and tried to lock the housing or unlock the housing and it had to have a loop. So we did that after the fact, you know, for them. So we're, we're the company that people will come to and say, I have an idea. I, I need. I have a need. Would you develop something for us? We've done it many, many times. So, so that's great that you don't necessarily have to come up with. Uh, oh, I think people might be wanting this. People come to you and they tell you what the demand is, and then you come up with the product for them. And then after that, you have this new product that you can sell to other people. Correct. Yes, sir, because the machinery we have here can really make about any padlock man in the world in our machines, our technology. You know, we have machines that can make component parts for locks and lock bodies. And we have these machines that are CNC uh-huh. and we can actually make various kinds of competitors locks on our machines also. And you, it's all vertical integration there. Everything, everything is made in Marion, Ohio. Yes, it is. Yes, often raw materials all from raw materials, and then you assemble it and label it everything. Yes, sir. We do it all at one location, about 40,000 square foot facility, about 70 associates working from about two in the morning till midnight, five days a week. Wow. Why do that versus outsource it? Even if you just outsource it in the United States, like I, I know one of the things that sets you guys apart from many people is that for many companies is that you are made in America, but couldn't you sometimes maybe make things more cheaply by outsourcing it to somebody else, maybe a specialist in a certain kind of part? We lose that product integrity. We, 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 every, every lock going through our machines, every hour components are taken off the machines. No one has the quality in the, the tens of thousands as we do. We're known for our quality. And when we have, a you don't think, you don't think somebody else could, could do it as, as well as you. Well, sure they could. Sure, that might. I mean, sure they could. But we know what we're doing, and we can protect that quality uh, because we're a job shop. Because we make products to order, someone wants something that we make it to their order. Okay. So you consider yourself a job shop? That's interesting because most of the time when I think of a company that has a product and a brand, they're not a job shop. But you, in a way, are kind of like. You have a product, but you're also a job shop because you tailor it to your customer. Right. There's the specific needs of our customers. So 
well, we have our parts machine that makes component parts. And instead of making tens of thousands, as you buy, you outsource to somebody who makes things for you and, and lots of 10,000 or 100,000 component parts, we can say if someone wants something to the specific design, we can design our machine to run 10, 100, 1,000 of those, and we can design that to fit a certain padlock for their specifications. And we can make 100, we can make 1,000. But when you buy outsource things, you buy things with with an idea to keep your cost down. And then you say to yourself, do I have to order lots of 100, 1,000, or 100,000 to get the best price? When you have a shop like ours that have quality CNC machines, we can take that and make smaller lots have less inventory and make it a lot quicker for our, our customer. And it's right. But you do have like, for instance, I know you have multi spindles, like you have a Tornos multi alpha and you have a few like, you know, ridiculous, ridiculous hydromats that are like the best you can get. I'm sure I, I I don't even want to know what you paid for it. Um, actually uh, that, that would be interesting to know. I'm assuming it's in the millions. It is for sure. We have two of them. So these are, you are mass producing some parts. Oh, sure we are. Sure we are. Because there, there are maybe uh, six different lock sizes and there's variations of those lock sizes. Okay. And there's, we have maybe over 200 varieties of shackles. So mm-hmm. when, we're, when you're the small guy in, in the room, you have to have a lot of product array for people because you, we fill the voids that a lot of the major players, you know, don't, don't want to, you know, to get into. So we, we have a variety of products. I see. You consider yourself a small guy. I think so. Yes, we are. Yeah, we are. We are. We're just Saturday associates making, you know, over 5,000 padlocks a day. So yes, that's, we're a small guy. What about, what about the competitors like Masterlock? How many are they making a day? Oh, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands. You know, hundreds so of thousands. Many, many times that we do a day for sure. And are they doing like more customized stuff for customers coming to them and giving them quote unquote jobs as well? Or are they more into the commodity stuff? They are. They're in the commodities. They're the ones that fill your Home Depots and your Lowe's. They're the ones that build, you know, with distributors, massive amounts of products. So you're not, you're not shipping your products to Lowe's. We tried Lowe's, we tried Home Depot in the early 90s, and that really wasn't the niche we found that was successful for us. That's, that's uh, a lot of players like Master at American Lock, okay? So, so that's, your, that's one of your main secrets. One of your main, not secrets, but I'm trying to break this down. So, so far it seems like you cater to specific customers, what they need. You're not trying to tell them what they need you, they come to you with a problem and you solve that problem. So number one, you stay relevant that way. Number two, you have quality control because you're in United States and you make everything in house. Yes, sir. Number three, you're doing R and D constantly. Constantly trying to strive to always make a better product for sure. Sure. What else are you doing to, um, how, how has this company over seven generations stayed in the game. I mean, these are great things you're talking about, but it's, it's really amazing how you can be making a product and remain relevant and remain successful. Lately, are, is business as good as it was in the past? Was there a golden age of lock making? Is now the golden age? Once upon a time, go back a uh, hundred years, there were probably 
60, 70, 80, 100 lock manufacturers in America. Go back uh, 35, 40 years, there were probably 30 other lock manufacturers making similar things. Go back five years, it's all changed. In the last five to 10 to 15 years, now there's only a handful of lock manufacturers in America. How many is a handful? Handful would be plus five. Okay, they're like make, make padlocks. Okay, I'm talking about not just making any locking device, but making padlocks. There's only a handful left in America. Uh, Master, who was located in Milwaukee, you know, mm-hmm. took a lot of their facilities to China. They purchased the second biggest lock manufacturer, you know, American, and, they, and then that's, they moved that pretty much to Mexico. Love it. Well, America, it is still North America, but. <laughs> and and they do a fine job. They're two fine companies, American and Master make great products. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we, we are, we're, but we also remain competitive with those people. And we also will make things that they won't do. They won't take the time to make 12 or something, you know, or, or five or something. They, they want to sell in larger lots with their distributors and distribution networks and to the home depots and the lows and people like that. So you've tried to do that. And we that just for a few years. in the early nineties, early 1990s, we tried to do that and it was not successful. Our niche what is, about in like the twenties or in, you know, way back when twenties, fifties, you were always doing it customized or were you ever always were customized, always customized. Yes. With over 10,000, 10,000 10, customers, um, are, you know, well, that's, we have a variety of needs and people, you know, in government and military and pipelines and heavy industry utilities, you know, we serve, we build locking devices and we build systems for people. So if you're a utility and you have tens of thousands of product and you want some variation, you want things, you know, and to say you're a utility and you have a lot of electric co-ops surrounding you, they want to make sure that there's key integrity for the utilities, whether they're electric co-op or the utility. And so we keep voluminous records, you know, making sure that those locks do not interchange with other folks. We have maybe 25 different keyways, of which each one of those keyways has thousands and thousands of different key changes. So we wow. can offer a variety of products for a lot of people. And we have a lot of our key integrity. Some of our keyways are very unique to you, Wilson Wahan and Company. How do you stop stealing of your intellectual property or you don't at this point, you just sort of accept the fact that somebody is going to steal it, bring it to China. So you have to just keep getting better and better. You know, no one, no, no one ever stands still. None of us stand still waiting for someone to catch up with you. You're always trying to stay ahead of the curve. You're always trying to be innovative and product improvements continuously. So you do it through efficiencies and productivity improvements. You do it with the finest machines in the lock world inside our, our facility. You continually have great people working for you, constantly striving to prove and build a better product every single day. Never satisfied exactly where we are. And that's how you remain relevant. You put money back into your facility continuously mm-hmm. you know, with new products, new technology, new innovations. And yes, anybody can take anybody's, you know, and improve upon that. It's how do you do it efficiently and how you keep your costs down so you may remain relevant to the marketplace. What's been one of the hardest obstacles for this company over 160 years? There must have been some dark times. Always, always. In a family business, you have you know, a variety of family members, obviously, and everybody wants to you know, be uh, Uncle Billy or Uncle That's Joe. amazing. Yeah. And so we came to, we started out you know, in Brooklyn, New York in 1860. Uh, and then we have our first factory was in 1870 and our second factory was in 1880s with a foundry. 
the turn of the century, like 200 employees making 100,000 panel locks and locking devices. So we moved to Marion in 1926, okay, to be more centrally located. We changed our focus from railroads in the turn of the century, utilities and heavy energy. Come to Marion, and so we have maybe, you know, 30-some stockholders. And those 30-some stockholders, you know, all think, you know, that's the the greatest thing, having Wolf's Land. And slowly we're able to buy back that stock. Uh And then we had to go my wife. Uh, his mother and her uncle were the two owners of basically the family members. My father-in-law dies at a fairly young age at age 65 in the early 80s. And my wife's uh, uncle dies, you know, you know, five or six years later. So they, he died when he was about 54 years old. So I've taken over, you know. Sounds like, it sounds like the royal family or something. And you're just yeah, like in line. Both, both died at, you know, at fairly young ages. Um, so we've had, we've been very fortunate, you know, now they've been in a seven generation business. Usually there's multiple family members. That's what usually passes, you know, into demise in the third generation because there's family inside and outside the business. We bought all the other people out over the years. And now it's just my wife and my, I mean, my, my daughters and myself are the owners of the company. So my wife passed away seven years ago, but basically it's been my wife, you know, portion of the business to go to my daughters and myself. And so there's just three of us that own the business today after 160 years of business. Okay. So yeah, obviously family challenges. What other challenges? What, what were some of the scary times for the company? Cause you know, there were for sure. 160 years. We started out, you know, the 1860s with, and that we were relevant to the railroads, many, many lock manufacturers, many, you know, in the New York area, you know, but we persevered. We stayed with the railroads. And then at the turn of the century, we changed our focus to utilities and heavy industry, okay? So that's, that's good. We, then we moved to Marin in 26. We're a much smaller company at that time, mm-hmm. okay? And a different, and a different approach. The turn, after World War II, my father-in-law came aboard. He's a Marine, a CPA, and my wife's uncle. And they go out and they, they, they move Wilson coming to another level. They improve the quality, they improve the machinery, and they also improve their focus on you know, meeting the needs of other customers. And so building upon those things, you know, we just added and added and added. So now under my watch, I started in 1973, married my wife in 71. We met at Hillsdale College in Michigan. Uh-huh. And I went to spend about four years in the Coast Guard. When I finished that, I came back here to the company you know, 47 years later, I started out in the, you know, in the accounting department for 22 years. And so now I've managed to come for the last 25. So we have a great team of people. Mm-hmm. Our five major officers of the company have over 200 years experience in Wilson Mahanic Company. So we have a lot of loyalty. We build a culture here of family and, it, you know, with honesty and integrity and, you know, a way of life that's proven very successful for lots and lots of people. We, that's how the company has is, is, is been successful through our sure. employees. Sure. What are you most worried about um, in the next few years? And what are you most excited about? Feel free to answer them in order or whatever sure. order you want. I, I'm excited about the opportunities of bringing. We have always remained 100% American made. We're very proud to be in the Midwest. I'm very proud to be living in Marion, Ohio. And I'm very proud to be you know, uh, a player, you know, in the state of Ohio and also, you know, in the lock industry and also in America. And now we're hundred percent American. Maybe we've always been that way. So I'm excited that a lot of industry is now focusing on trying to bring this back to this country and employing mm-hmm. Americans 
and meaningful jobs and rebuilding the middle class in this country. That's, that's important to me. And improving our infrastructure to make us once again, the strong, you know, power player in manufacturing in the world. So the reach, the reshoring. Yeah. The reshoring is happening. Have you ever considered acquiring another lock company or have you? We have not. We've stayed true to our core values of just manufacturing in Marion in about a 70 associates. Uh, we grow our business through machinery and technology, but not through acquisitions. What if there was a company that came to you and they just offered you a gargantuan amount of money? Is there no amount of money that you'd go, holy shit, I have to just take this? You mean, you mean a seller business? Yeah. You know, I get, I get, I get inquiries very often, all the time, with every kind of, you know, subtlety that you can imagine from, from people saying, you know, but no, we're true to our family. And I, I want this to be eight generations. I want my grandkids right. to be part of this someday. So no, I'm, I'm not interested in selling our business. And I, I take it very seriously as all of our associates do, of building something, the best product they can in the world. And then we're successful. Right. So it's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. Not about the money. It's about how we better each other's lives, building something that's meaningful and, and useful for, for the world. And this, we're not for sale. I, I, that's, we were proud of who we are. We want to be eight generation. Realize there aren't a whole lot of companies in this, in this country, made in America, 160 years plus. That's, that's pretty unique by itself. Anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. And we're going, to be, we're going to be honored. We're representing the state of Ohio. You know, at the, at the fourth annual Made in America product showcase at the White House in, in October the 5th. So we're going to represent the state of Ohio in that. So we're proud of that. That's incredible. You know, so we're very proud of who we are today. You know, so this, this is important to us. To look at all the lives we've touched. Think about your business. You know, the lives you touch with all your employees. You know, having a meaningful job for that person to come to work every single day. We take that very seriously. And so sure. we just want always be better at what we do and improve, never satisfy. And that's how we, and what am I, what are my worries? What are you worried about? I'm worried about the, the future of, of our great country. I'm worried about where we find ourselves in this, in this political dynamic and the uh -huh. pandemic that faces us. I'm worried about employing all of our employees and having a meaningful job for we're an essential business. So we've always remained open. Our two best years are the last two years in our history. And we are on a pace this year to be even better in the last two years until the pandemic hit. Okay. I'm encouraged that we'll get this solved. We'll, we'll get on the other side of this with, with, you know, with the processes and, you know, and, and vaccines and things like that. And people feel safe to walk about again. Sure. And be neighborly with each other. And I'm hoping that after the political process will be, well, after that works itself out, we'll all be better about <laughs> you know, true Americans, you know, and yeah. want, want to make this a strong country. You know, it's a great place to live and work. And we're the, really, we're the focus of the world looking for somewhere that's independent and free, you know, and has a free government. That's unique hey, in the world. And I, Are I, you I, exporting I, your locks a lot? All over the world. All over the world. Interesting. Yeah, our product goes all over the world. What was something you learned last week that was really interesting for you? I learned last week that I think there's, like, there's, like, there's an attitude amongst manufacturers. There's, there's an attitude in this country, despite what's the, all the rhetoric that you watch mm -hmm. on television. What happened last week that made you learn that? 
I just, because you, you finally figure out, I don't think it was just that list last week, it's, it's a compilation of a lot of things, but it's constantly being reinforced by uh-huh. things I read and people I talk to. I network with people all over the world in my industry. And I have lots of amazing friends in, in the manufacturing world. And I'm part of a thing called the Chief Executive Board International, about 35 years. And I network with entrepreneurs and we're very lucky. We have a uniqueness in our country of the entrepreneurial spirit. We have the freedom to do what we want to do. And that that's bodes the spirit all the time. Sure. That we're going to survive anything that is thrown at us, whether by politicians or, or anything in the world. And that, that's what makes America great. There's no other country in the world that has the entrepreneurial spirit, the intellectual ability, to the freedom to do what we want to do. And to buy yeah. great machines like from your company, you know? Well, like well, thank you. <laughs> they have bought two tornos from us. Thank God. Yeah. Um, and we appreciate that. Thank you very much. Oh, good. Well, that, that feels good. So if anybody wants to learn about, about Wilson Bohan and more, they can go to, I, they have like the best URL you can get. They have padlocks.com for their company. And um, I really appreciate you doing this interview, Howard. And uh, wish you all the best in the future. Well, thank you for the opportunity. You know, it's, it's, it, it, this is what you're doing is very, very important, you know, to reaching out to people, you know, and getting a variety of topics and educating people to the, the things that are important, you know, and may, being relevant. It's, it's, it's a continuous process of learning. And through the Internet, through the process of podcasts and things like you're doing, you're educating people. Howard, thank you so much. Uh, I look forward to uh, continuing our relationship with your company and wish you all the best. Well, thank you so very much. Thank you for the opportunity to talk. From today's machining world, this is a Swarfcast production. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the show and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and todaysmachiningworld.com to see extended video interviews and join our mailing list. I'm Noah Graff. My occasional co-host is Lloyd Graff. Our audio engineer is Bill Steffi. Our managing editor is Ridgely Dunn. For information on advertising or to submit an idea for a future podcast, Follow the contact information on todaysmachiningworld.com.